We're back on the We Are Here podcast, only on southcoast.fm, southcoast.fm slash subscribe to join that mailing list today. It's Drew Furtado, and we're talking about his latest film, Restart 2020. He's got a Kickstarter running for it. And if you're interested, you go to drewfurtado.com. You click on the Kickstart uh, or the link to the Kickstarter or just click on the Restart 2020 in his navigation. That'll take you to the to the uh, Kickstarter page where you can help donate and invest a little bit in this project of his highlighting the south coast and i love having the conversations with folks who are at the intersection of art and creativity and business and entrepreneurship uh there's a healthy mix i think that uh, both artists and business owners alike share and it's just a great conversation all around if you want to see what he's doing how he's created these posters you've probably seen his posters around uh all around at least new bedford fall river area why he got into it, how he thinks about doing a a new poster, and what new posters he has coming next, of course, after he gets this film out. Uh, It's an exciting conversation. I hope you enjoy it. All right, let's dive into talking to Drew. I'm Drew Furtado. I'm I'm a a filmmaker. I'm a digital artist. Um, I'm a a media arts educator at Fairhaven High School. Um, My art kind of um, revolves around, you know, digital art, so I make a lot of um, travel posters of, of the area. Um, I've been working on some documentaries and some short films of the area. And then it, I get to teach that to high school kids every day, which is kind of fun. I don't know how I came across you. And you probably you probably get this often where I, I've seen your posters in places, at places. I've always seen them. And I saw like, I don't know, I saw one and then I'd go to another place and I saw another one. I was like, Huh, that's that same kind of style. And I think it was just like that. I saw one for Fall River when I went wherever I was. And then I saw one for New Bedford. I was like, whoa, those are that's like the same style. And then um, you know, with using Instagram a lot more than just seeing the connections and seeing it crop up, uh, these posters that you're creating, where where, where and why? <laughs> when did that click <laughs> to say you wanted to do this? And why did you continue to do it? Why do you continue to do it? Well, it, um, you know, my my poster uh, making um, endeavor started in Fall River um, in about 2011, 2012. Uh, at the time, I was working for um, Fox 25 News in Boston as a news photographer, and we traveled New England, and everywhere I went, people would be like, oh, where are you from? I'm like, oh, I'm from Fall River. And people would be like, ugh, really? Yeah. Yep. Like, you live in that, that, that hellhole? I'm like, well, yeah, I, I like it there. I love it here. Like, you know, so I, I, it was kind of like a calling for me to be like, you know what? I want to do something that kind of proved people wrong. And I want to kind of um, show that people are kind of pride, uh, proud to be from where they are. And um, so I didn't want to hear from people from Boston anymore, you know, kind yeah. of just trash on the city. So I just wanted to do something that was a little bit positive. So that's where it all started in 2012. And how did you like just continue? I, I, I talked to a lot of entrepreneurs and, and they are, they're getting into this game. I, I'd say it's a good mix. I'd say like half of the people sort of just fall into becoming a quote unquote entrepreneur. Um, and actually, even before I get down that path, do you consider yourself an entrepreneur? Uh, um, you know, I, I, I don't. I, I understand that. I'm like, I feel like I'm acting like an entrepreneur and a lot of my decisions um, – kind of come from entrepreneurship, but I don't necessarily consider myself an entrepreneur. I just feel like I'm just someone who just wants to share community pride. (laughs) Yeah. I have a skill set that I've been able to develop that I I wanted to share with people. Um, So I don't, I I didn't go to school for business. 
Um, I'm a terrible business person. I hate taking people's money. <laughs> so um, <laughs> We'll try to change that today. <laughs> <laughs> so in that regard, I don't consider myself an entrepreneur at all. I'm uh, just someone uh, who just wants to make art. And if people um, appreciate it and, and want to partake, then that, that excites me. So you, you commissioned the first poster, was it Fall River? And you commissioned it to yourself, basically, right? It's like, hey, no, I want to I show off like this city and some of the historical attributes or some of the key milestones of, of the city and and then what and then how did you get to the next one is it just somebody saw it and they're like hey can you can you do it for new bedford too can you do it for well now i see you're doing vermont at a poison block island um how did you get to the next the next step yeah so i mean i originally when i when i started this i had just moved into a new apartment in in fall river and selfishly i didn't have any art on the walls and uh i wanted something and i wanted to learn how to make, um, how to use Adobe Illustrator. I've never used it before. So then I started seeing all these people making like really cool posters, travel posters for like video game locations. And I was like, wow, I'm, I, I really want to do that. So that's, and then I was like, oh, I want to do something about Fall River. And then like I, I launched a Kickstarter in, in 2012. And then, uh, you know, like I sent posters all across the country. And I, I realized I wasn't the only person that loved Fall River. Um, and then I was like, you know what? I wonder if there's other people out there who live in communities that are not as uh, well popular or also kind of like struggling. And I wonder if people can resonate with some sort of positive message coming from their community. So a lot of the work that I've kind of been focusing on has, has been kind of been on like those communities that, you know, people don't really want to go to. Like I, I had this, I was just fascinated with this idea of creating art for places that people aren't, you know, looking forward to. Is that something that you sort of commission like a, like an artist might do a, a painting for somebody? They, they knock on your door, they say, Hey, we're from the city of Providence. Can you do a poster for us? Or does it just like sort of fan feedback? They say, Hey, Drew, like, you know, we love your other posters. It'd be awesome if you did it for Providence. Is it more formal where they commission you and and pay you to do a certain type of poster? A lot of these posters are kind of derived from personal memories or personal moments of places that I like and have visited and have had good um, moments in. And a lot of the times um, I just do it for myself. And then hmm. I just hope that someone out there uh, appreciates it. Can, it resonates with them. You know, what really inspires me is like a lot of these, like there's a poster of like what the Westport river. It's a really um, one of my favorite posters. It's 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 um, right on the river that features a boat and uh, someone fish like an older man fishing with his two grandchildren. And that was like a memory that I had as a, as a childhood, as, like with my grandfather and my cousin. And then I put that in a poster mainly because I wanted that hanging up somewhere in the house. And then I shared it, and then people were like, "Oh my god, I love that poster!" And it's I've, that poster has become extremely popular. But it's and it's and that's what interests me is that like there's other people that have very similar experiences and it's not I'm not just like an isolated person who have these like opinions about places you know yeah I'm looking at the posters on your uh, dribble account I love the New Hampshire poster like <laughs> you know it's just, <laughs> it's just an awesome poster like I I would put that up you know, and uh, went to New Hampshire for a small vacation with my family over the course of the summertime. But uh, I don't have deep admirations for New Hampshire, but this poster makes me really like it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, and, and that poster, like, you know, it was the same thing. Like, you know, people in this area, you either go to New Hampshire or you go to Florida, right? And it's like, right. we would go to New Hampshire. And 
and as a kid, you know, we'd hit up the Storyland and the Conway and um, Franconia Notch Park. And that's when I was like, I brought my wife up there to show her and I was like, I want to make a poster of this place. <laughs> so, yeah. No, it's awesome. It's awesome stuff. Um, have you ever had anybody approach you from like a, a, a real branding play? Like has a, a tourism board or even a brand or a business that's in a particular state that has deep ties into a state or city to like say, hey, can you do it for us, but with your, with your flair on it? I did a, a poster series for the uh, Fall River Marine Museum. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, that was awesome. And then um, I've gotten posters into local shops, into local galleries. Um, I've got a, a lot of uh, work at the drawing room downtown with um, uh, down there. So people can purchase things there. You know, other places have asked for them. Um, a lot of politicians have reached out to me <laughs> for posters and uh, <laughs> I, I, I politely say no thank you because i don't want to get involved in politics <laughs> one of the things that i usually focus on on each episode of this particular podcast is you know it's called we are here as i mentioned before it's a sort of way to claim to say like look there's some amazing things happening on the south coast either people or primarily businesses at least on this podcast businesses organization nonprofits, movements things like that and the thing i bring up a lot or I question the guests on is like, what is it that makes, you know, new Bedford versus fall river, a thing in your eyes, or typically it's about business, right? It's like, what, you know, why, why do you think that there's like this, these, these hard lines, not even just fall river, new Bedford, but towns, you know, surrounding towns around it. Yeah. I mean, I think it's, it's interesting. You know, you've got the North shore, you've got Boston, you've got the South shore, you got Western mass, you got all these pockets of cities and communities that identify as like a regional entity. You look at Cape Cod, you look at some of these places and, and like, I guess fall river, new Bedford didn't really have that for a long time, you know? Mm-hmm. And then uh, when the hospitals came by and they started branding the South coast, uh, mantra, I feel like that's when people started to realize, oh, you know what, maybe we are connected. Maybe we are have uh, more similarities than our differences. Maybe we can collectively um, kind of work together to make this region a better place. I don't know if a lot of people are uh, aware that that's happening, you know, because I think, yeah, if you're in Fall River, you're pretty isolated from people in New Bedford, you know. Yeah. Um, I was honestly quite excited to see um, what what DATMA, the um, uh, Massachusetts uh, Institute of Art and Design. I don't know if they started or, or if they teamed up with another organization to do like a whole art festival in Fall River. I mm-hmm. think it was called Fabric Fest. And it was like really yep. cool to see that kind of happen, that like collaboration between a New Bedford entity with, you know, a Fall River entity and to bring art to places that typically don't have that kind of thing. So I thought that was just awesome. There are definitely some movements that are happening uh, slowly but surely, which is good. Um, sadly, COVID slowed down a few of them, especially um, a lot of the efforts that a uh, friend of the show, Patty Rigo, has been doing uh, with Viva Fall River and a couple of her other uh, organizations that she works with. There's a certain vibe, a certain... I don't know. I guess just vibe. <laughs> like when I'm when I'm going to like the co-creative downtown in New Bedford or Groundwork... Um, or just hanging out downtown uh, when it was legal to go to a coffee shop. Uh, you know, there, there's a certain vibe, right? It was just, it was just different feeling. Fall River does lack that in maybe it's their downtown scene. Maybe they need to fortify it. And this is somebody who lives in Fall River, right? It's like maybe they need to fortify it and there needs to just be more, 
I don't know, local business boots on the ground to, to kind of get that same energy that you might see from like a downtown New Bedford Inc. or a Love the Ave movement uh, right. in New Bedford. Yeah. And I think like, you know, I was, I was kind of inspired to see like, you know, AHA was trying to get like a thing going down in, in Fall River to try to get that like central uh, organization. You know, I think that's the thing about Fall River is like it has a lot of artists and a lot of talent, but they're all like locked away in some weird mill throughout <laughs> throughout the city. You know, there's right. no thing that's uniting all these different artists together. And I felt like um, in New Bedford, there is that like cohesion almost, you know, like it feels like everyone's on the same page and on the same team and trying to accomplish the same similar goals. Um, so I think that's probably the one thing kind of lacking in that area. It took me six years as a podcaster and somebody who does like video stuff and, and YouTube, like nothing that to your degree, not a filmmaker, but somebody who picks up a, a Fuji X-T3 and films himself and puts it on YouTube right, and creates audio files. And it took me six years to be like, you know what? I guess I'm an artist. Why? Because I keep creating stuff. I, cre- I keep hating it <laughs> and I keep trying to do it again, right? Like I've got this vicious cycle of creativity and I come up with new ideas. Some, thing, some things I like, some things, most things I dislike, um, you know, and I get feedback from people and the world keeps moving. Where do you think the, uh, or do you think that the lines are less blurred now from, hey, a business owner can be a creative artist. Like they can create content to bring the city up. So it might not be easel pen, paint, or digital art, but it could be somebody picking up their iPhone and stitching together a, a vlog or something like that. And it highlights creativity. It highlights their business. It highlights their community. Um, are you happy to see more of that stuff? Do you, do you see a clear line where it's like, nah, it's not really art. This is more of like promotional stuff. For me, th- now this is like the art teacher coming out, right? Like mm-hmm. for me, I want people to feel comfortable, to be able to express whatever they want to express, no matter the medium. So if people are painting, if they're creating uh, sketches or if they're, you know, making um, videos for TikTok and and Instagram and stuff like, I think that's awesome. I think the world needs more of that. I think when, you know, I think we need to be able to express ourselves in ways that are uninhibited by our, um, our, our fear of, of, of an audience and, I think the more that comes out, I, that, that just makes me happy. Like, you know, I, I know a lot of older people like to dog on teenagers, like, oh, they're just spending all their time on TikTok. But then if you actually like stop and look at what they're creating on TikTok, you're like, wow, you're, you're, you're completely transforming this whole v- video medium and you're communicating a whole new way of communicating. So I, I, I just get so excited about it. <laughs> Yeah. 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 I don't know about you, Drew, but I feel like we're the old people now. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, it's funny. Cause like I, my students have been talking, they're all into TikTok, And I, last week I was like, let's check it out. And I was like, oh my gosh. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I can see it now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think people have to get over their fear of failure because yeah, it's, it's a risky endeavor, right? You're putting yourself out there. You could fail, you know, people, may not appreciate what you're doing. So people retract and they don't do it. Um, and I think that um, these skills are valuable and I think it it brings uh, a new value to um, everything that people are trying to do. So I think the, the more people are become more comfortable with, with like, sharing their own message, I think that is, is, is better, you know, because yeah. you don't need it. If you, and I tell the kids this all the time, if you're not gonna tell your story, who is? You know what I mean? And, and I, and I, we live in a world now where journal journalists are becoming, uh, completely, 
um, obscure because now there's all these layoffs. Um, TV stations aren't, aren't covering these communities. So who else will tell these stories of, of people in these areas? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You don't need to, you don't need a newspaper to get your word out about the thing you're trying to do. You know, you can actually do that yourself. Speaking about getting the word out yourself, you have Restart 2020, which is a, I'll let you tell the the tale, of course, but it's this film that that you're funding yourself, creating yourself, producing yourself, editing yourself, shooting yourself, uh, promoting yourself. Give us the the premise of Restart 2020 and and what you have going on about around. (laughs) Yeah, that's 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 like that's also another understatement. Yeah, I feel like yeah, <laughs> I was like yeah, it'll be fun to you know produce a film and 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 get this word out. And I and it is still fun, but it's like oh yeah, this is definitely a lot of work. Um, so this whole thing, this whole film started uh, as a brainchild. Um, a former student of mine, Alyssa Patello, had invited me to attend her local film screening for a film called Junkie. And she she made this film as a college student at URI, and it told a story about a South Coast person who is becoming um, addicted to drugs, and life is becoming a, a dead end until he meets a police officer, and the police officer changes his life. And she told the story, got a bunch of people together in, in Town Hall in Fairhaven, and had a really remarkable event. And that got me thinking, like, wow, well, you know, if I had an opportunity to tell a story that I was deeply passionate about, you know, what would that be? And then I didn't really think about it. <laughs> it, just, it just kind of stopped there. Yeah. And then I was, I was downtown in 2019 last summer um, during the uh, New Bedford Folk Festival. And we were, sell, we had some, post, we had a tent set up and we were selling posters and a man came up to me, uh, asked me where, you know, to get something to eat. We start chatting. He tells me he's from Montana. And he's like, how did this happen? I've never even heard of New Bedford. How did this like city just become an awesome place for the arts? And then that's when like, I was like, oh, wait a minute. Uh, someone should tell this story. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's where this film started. Um, and so this film, I, I, we started shooting in, in February of 2020. Um, the film was designed to tell uh, a, a, a positive story about the artists in New Bedford who were trying to make the city a better place for, for everybody. Um, and then I, I wanted to explore like, well, how did New Bedford become this artist creative um, city? It didn't just happen overnight. So how did that happen? Um, and then we all remember what happens in March. Yep. <laughs> COVID-19 um, shuts down the city and it's like, okay, well, we started shooting and now what? And then we started seeing these artists start to do some really cool stuff in the middle of a global pandemic to just try to, you know, bring even more light to people's eyes. And I was like, okay, this is a story that we need to tell now, you know, our story is changing. So it's been a really exciting um, process. Would you say things are still on track for your, you know, projected completion date or? Um, Yeah. I mean, well, Yes and no. <laughs> yeah. So uh, initially, the plan was to you know follow some artists throughout some projects of 2020. Um, there was some artists that we met that had some really large projects that they were designing. Like there was going to be a, a major art installation in downtown New Bedford. There was going to be um, a, a major art show focusing on um, some some people that make New Bedford a great place. So this girl was doing all these paint uh, portraits of people in the city. Another 
artist, Alison Wells, was doing, um, launching her, her first major um, show at the Whaling Museum called In the Neighborhood, where she's highlighting the neighborhoods in New Bedford. So it's like, oh, this is going to be so exciting. The plan was to kind of tell those stories. And then in uh, December, January, we were going to release this film to a bunch of film festivals and maybe try to organize a local screening. COVID-19 um, tells us, no, that's not going to happen. <laughs> yeah. Because now all the film festivals have closed their doors. They're postponing. Um, we can't have local gatherings, right? We can't have more than, I think the, I think the governor just said there's 10 people um, in, indoors, 25 outdoors. That, um, so we can't even get together to have a, a film screening. So the, then my idea was like, what if we just brought the film to people? Like, what would that look like? How would that happen? You know, mm -hmm. um, I, I don't know if you're familiar with the Community Foundation um, in New Bedford. They're the organization that runs the AHA. But they had a big, in the, in the summer, they have like a big 25th anniversary gala celebration. And I produced some, uh, like a little film content for them. And that, But what was remarkable was they had this big gathering. They couldn't have people show up. And they just sent people a link. And it was like, an amazing two hour experience where I got to watch this whole gala from the safety of my home without having to worry about spreading COVID. So it was awesome. And that's what kind of inspired me to kind of try to get this going for um, January. I want to go into uh, the creator's mind a little bit. Was it when you, when, when COVID first hit, did your mind or your brain start to say, you know, maybe there's an easy way out of this. Like, did you ever think to yourself, okay, well, whew, I don't have to do all those on-location things anymore. <laughs> like, I don't have to carry my equipment around and interview somebody. I guess I'll just resort to something else. Did you ever think that way um, and course. sort of snap back and bounce out of it? How did, how did you? Yeah, of course. You know, um, when when the pandemic hit, you know, it was just like, oh, gosh, what do we do now? As a, as a creator, I felt uh, immensely depressed. I just felt like everything just shut down. I didn't have the drive to make posters. Um, I didn't really have the drive to create anything. I just felt like everything, all the momentum and energy that I had was just like sucked out of me, you know? And then, and then it was because of the, uh, of the artists um, that were part of our film. I started watching them and, you know, they're posting things on Instagram. They're doing like, you know, live Q and A's and now, now they're teaching people how to paint uh, remotely. And I'm like, okay, you know what? This is inspiring. Like this, it really motivated me to like really think twice about my film and, and be like, no, we, we can do this. We can make this happen. What other outlets did you turn to? Did you, did you mix any of maybe like the virtual, I don't know, zoom interview in this, in this film, or do you plan on it just because um, of the restrictions we have? Yeah. So I, we were, once we were, we didn't shoot much, uh, in, in like March, and, and maybe even into the beginning of April, but then, um, you know, we got some, some, some guidance from the town, the city was like, you know, you can have, you can meet, but like, it'd be social distant all this stuff. So, and then at the time, Massachusetts had some new regulations saying, Oh, well, you know, you can, you can gather, but like in groups of like five or whatever. So we, we, I, I actually went out and met with a lot of these, these people while they're doing things while the pandemic was like at the height. There, there were a few things that were kind of inspiring where um, we were able to get some access to people doing like the, uh, a live stream 
or like some Zoom calls. We did get some of that, but most of our stuff was shot with people as they were kind of doing it. What does a timeline for something like this take to to produce? And I know you have a yeah. Kickstarter, so it obviously costs money. Uh, give us the 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 impact of of the efforts it takes to get something like this done. So we, you know, I wanted when I when we initially decided we wanted to do this project, we had to we had to pick pick up we had to invest in some equipment to be able to produce this film in, in the four K quality that I wanted. Um, so we were able to pick up a camera and do that stuff. We shot almost, um, 19 hours of footage. We have like 1900, um, clips, um, as, as in the, in like March and April, I started editing, started crafting a story. So we, it's, there's an actual net, like a, a, a three part, um, narrative that's in the, in the film. Um, and that's about like 45 to 60 minutes. Um, it, it was extremely difficult because we had such great footage and we just can't include it all. So like that was hard. Um, but so like the timeline we've been editing, the film is close to like 85% done right now where I, I'm still trying to gather like an interview with the, with the mayor Mitchell. Um, he, it's been a little bit tougher to kind of like ma- get our schedules to match, to, to be able to chat with him. He's been kind of a busy guy. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't blame him. Um, so I'm trying to get him, and and right now I'm in the process of trying to um, get the uh, film kind of like uh, color graded, uh, which is like you know ed- editing the color so it matches and um, helps tell the story. I'm trying to like do some audio editing. Um, we, we're trying to hire a composer who can kind of like score some music for the whole um, hour. Um, we have one, like, we know we have two prototype songs that he wrote and the music is just like outstanding. So we, we just can't wait to get that like squared away. And then there, the, a lot of the majority of the funds goes to actually developing a virtual screening night. Um, that's a, a very, it's, it's not a cheap endeavor. Um, it'd be much cheaper to just go to the Zyterian theater, rent out the studio and then, you know, play it on their state of the art um, projector. <laughs> but but then again, we can't get people to gather, um, so we have to kind of do something virtually. So that that there's a there's quite a large cost um, associated with that that we're trying to raise some funds for. Mm. Is that like a particular platform that filmmakers yeah, so there's, use for this kind of thing? Th- so since this happened, since the pandemic shut down, there's been like maybe four or five, maybe even six websites that have come out exclusively to kind of capitalize on this. Um, notion of like bringing virtual um, film nights to an audience. Um, so there's like a bunch of different platforms to do this. Right now we're trying to figure out like which one is probably the the most um, um, intuitive to our audience. So there's just like all sorts of um, logistics that we're trying to figure out. But we've we've narrowed it down to two or three um, platforms. We're just trying to figure out which would be the best for our audience. His website drewfurtado.com. If you go to drewfurtado.com, you click on Restart 2020 in the upper navigation, it'll take you to the Kickstarter campaign for the project. You can, I'm not going to hit play there right now because it's going to record into my podcast, but uh, the trailer, right? Fair fair statement right there. The trailer will play. People can Mm kind of see what it's going. We're at $3,200 out of the $9,000 goal with 20 days to go. 
So you're probably going to, once you get all the listeners of the We Are Here podcast to hear this, it'll probably quadruple for you. So, you know, <laughs> congratulations, <laughs> I hope. Uh, so anybody who's listening to this, go to drewfortado.com, click on the Restart 2020 in the upper hand, uh, or in the upper navigation, it'll take you to the Kickstarter page where you can, can donate. How, what's it like thinking about using Kickstarter versus selling tickets? Have you done this before where you've raised funding for a movie through Kickstarter? Have you gone like trying to sell the ticket route? And tickets being obviously like, this is still something that's, it's niche, it's unique. It's obviously not like going to buy a, you know, whatever, a $5 ticket somewhere. Like, have you ever thought about balancing the two? Yeah. So the, the, um, I have done a Kickstarter before, not for a a film, but it was for uh, the poster campaign. And, and, um, that was just awesome. And I, I thought about producing it for tickets, um, but the it's the live stream platform requires a ton of capital to make it work. Um, and I didn't want to um, risk losing a, an investment if I wasn't going to make that back up. Whereas if by kickstarting it, I can build an audience that would be super excited about this film um, pr- to f- raise the, the capital to develop the, the film and then I can, I can share it with um, that, that particular audience. I do, once the Kickstarter is um, over, which, which ends in uh, November 22nd, um, I would like it, to make it available if it's successful, obviously, to, to everyone else that maybe missed the campaign that still wants to see it. Good stuff, Drew. Thanks for taking the time today to tell your story about telling stories for others. <laughs> uh, we've already mentioned DrewFortado.com. Where else can folks connect with you? Do you have a better URL or a social media platform you spend most um, of your time on? Yeah, that's uh, that's that's probably the better, uh, DrewFortado.com. Or you, you can follow me on Instagram at um, DFertArts. That's, uh, that's another place where you can find a lot of my uh, activity. Do you have a new poster coming that's your, that you're working on behind the scenes right now? That you- I am working on a new poster. So I, I did de- recently develop a poster of New Bedford that I'm really excited about. This, this started uh, kind of like once the pandemic lifted, I think maybe in like, or like late May, early, yeah, early May, I started this, this poster, just finished it. And it's a, a poster of the, the New Bedford Whaling Museum um, overlooking the New Bedford Harbor as the sun rises. Um, I was really inspired by like this idea that, you know, the sun's going to rise again <laughs> and everything will, will hopefully be better. So nice. I wanted to make a poster that, that, that did that. So um, that's actually one of the, the main rewards for the Kickstarter campaign is, 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 is that poster. So I'm excited to share that with people. Awesome. Hey, here's another idea for you. Maybe you can screen print some of these posters onto luxurious face masks that people can walk around <laughs> with and sell them for $199 a pop. That'll, you, that'll you start know, to increase your sales. <laughs> the idea crossed my brain, but I know nothing about screen printing. <laughs> uh, Drew, it's been a pleasure. Uh, everyone else, it's the We Are Here podcast, southcoast.fm, southcoast.fm slash subscribe. Join the mailing list number one way to stay connected. If you have a moment, five-star review on iTunes really helps us get found. All right. We'll see you in the next episode.